Good evening and welcome to our midweek service. Um, we've been talking about proving, so we're going to hit. Uh, I did skip a, a few tests. I don't know if we'll get to the self-will test, the usage test, but uh, I decided, or the motivation test, but we'll at least get to the, the promotion test today. I normally say that for last, but I, but coming out of the uh, anniversary, I don't know if I'll be teaching on proving. So actually, I don't believe I'll be teaching on proving. All right, so let's talk about the promotion test. We'll at least <clears throat> get into that. The promotion test, uh, when leaders find themselves not moving forward in ministry in the church as they expect they should, they are in the promotion test. They are in the promotion test. Excuse me one second. The leader is tempted to become angry and bitter. Well, I'll read that definition all over. When a leader finds themselves not moving forward in ministry in the church, as they expect they should, they are in the, the, the promotion test or the test of promotion. Uh, the leader is tempted to become angry and bitter at the lack of enlargement, preference, advancement, or influence that is evident in their life and ministry. So, so it's, it's, you know, sometimes we think because things are evident, it's time for us to, to move or God's delegated authority should automatically release us. But, but as we'll see, God, uh, at least we got that part out the way, okay? The recognition part out the way. Right, meaning we realize what's on our lives. We got that part out the way. All right, this test can, be, uh, can come into a leader's life at any point in ministry. This can come at any point, you know. It doesn't, uh, you, could, you could have a church. You could, you could already be operating in different levels of ministry. You're not exempt from the promotion test because there's always levels of promotion God is trying to take us to. The more developed the gift or ministry is, however, the more difficult this test is to endure. You know, when you, you have... Uh, giftings and you, 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 you're getting pretty good responses in the, in the honeymoon stage of your gifting, it, it's hard to embrace the promotion test. You know, because some people, you know, I, I think it's like uh, uh, breaking through the matrix of the womb, you know, to, to get through that first birthing in our lives. Uh, it, it takes so much. So once you get to that birthing, and something is manifest, you're like, good, I'm, I'm good with that, <laughs> you know. And then not knowing that God has so much for it, it's just the beginning, right? It's just the beginning, right? So, uh, and, and in our age, uh, uh, what we deal with in our age and time is fear of failure has been very strong. In our age, fear of failure has been very strong. Unless a person is walking in the spirit they may unconsciously sabotage the success of their Christian walk or their ministry. They may unconsciously sabotage. That's why, see, because we can have talent and we can have gifting, but if we're not walking in the spirit, we can unconsciously sabotage, and hopefully we'll get into some examples. 
or at least an example of that uh, before we get out of here tonight. So uh, what happens is deep, because, um, okay, let me repeat this. In our age, fear of failure has been very strong. Unless a person is walking in the spirit, they may unconsciously sabotage the success of their Christian walk, first and foremost, or their ministry. Or, or I hate to use the word their ministry because it's God's ministry. Or the ministry they're called to is probably a better way of putting it, okay? You know, you know people keep saying it's theirs, it's actually God's. You know, we're just being used to do it. So deep in our inner man, or deep in their inner man, they may, believe, they may believe that they do not deserve promotion. They may fear the success, that success brings with it a standard of faith and practice that they cannot sustain for long. So you ever see sometimes when things come our way, there's a, there's a, uh, there's a it's not a pushback, there's a retreat in a way. You know, it's like, because it, it seems somewhat overwhelming, so we figure ways around it because, you know, we look at, uh, okay, I've been able to resist or endure temptation at this level. I don't know if I'll be able to resist temptation at that level. So sometimes we unconsciously sabotage it ourselves. You know, I have some, um, there's some people that I've, well, I've been allowed to, to serve or mentor or to guide or to advise you know, a lot of people in life. And there's a couple of athletes that because of relationships, I said, okay, well, do you want to, do you want to get in school? And it's like, yeah. So, okay, well, no problem. I'm going to connect you to this person. So one person was like, okay, because uh, me and another uh, gentleman, we're both, uh, we, we kind of raised this young coach, um, me and a, another gentleman that, that's uh, a part of the ministry, but he moved. Um, and so he says, okay, if you two guys say this, this guy's good enough to play here. That's all I need. So he's, he, he's got what he wants. But he sabotaged it. He left. You know, he, he talked himself out of it. And there was another situation where this person was invited to this, um, we're going to say, high-profile um, athletic event, like invite only. And so this person uh, comes and they basically sabotaged it, even though because of the connection I had with an individual, they were going to give them an opportunity. And I talked to them later, and it was just like something kicked, something just hit them out of nowhere. Like, okay, I'm bleeding for this, I want this, but I'm here, am I going to be able to do this? So instead of seeing if they can do it, they bailed out. And sometimes we do that subconsciously in ministry. Like you, you see people, they, they're locked in, they're doing fine. There's people that's been, um, uh, you can call abstinent celibate, but we just say, uh, I'm going to call them super virgins, right? And then they get to a certain level and like, you don't, you, you don't went that far. But something inside, when, 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 when they start getting closer and closer to what God calls them to do, they sabotage it. So you have to watch that, you know. Um, I, I, I'm even using me. In the early years, if it started getting crazy, I just pushed the self-destruct button. You know, just like, 
We all, we all, you know, like we all going down today. We just blow it all up. And 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 the the, the unfortunate thing for me is, I would deal with the consequences. I would make no excuses. Uh, if I had to start from scratch, I'd just start from scratch and start all over again. Uh, and then I was, and I was in a situation that was unfair. And I was like, oh, no, I don't need to deal with none of this. Oh, no, 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 no I, don't, I don't have to deal with none of this. We just blow this whole thing up. And God was like, but I need you to deal with it. I need you to go beyond. I don't care how uh, unfair it is and, and what you've gone through to get to that point. I need you to handle this. I'm so glad. <laughs> I did. My wife was like that too. She's like, what are you doing? <laughs> you lost your mind. You know, but I'm so glad um, I didn't push that button. See, I had to grow out of that. See, see, I took pride in the, in, in the ability to blow it all up and start all over again. But you just keep starting it all over and you're starting all over and you're starting all over and you're starting all over and you're still not elevating. The goal is to get to a level. See, see, I want to say this, but, but I'm, I'm going to adjust it a little bit because I know I'm going to get questions at the end. I almost, now I said almost, so don't throw away almost when I finish this statement. Almost the same amount of pain you have to go through to blow it up and start all over again is which, which, which required for you to embrace it and go to the next level. It's just one, you get, you're getting something out the deal. I said almost, <laughs> right? So, so, so when, you ask, when you ask questions at the end, add that word, almost. Almost is a big word, okay? All right, so, so I think God wants us to, 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 uh, to keep on going. And, and, and what happens in this case, uh, some people may simply fear failure so strongly that they focus on trying to avoid failure rather than trying to succeed in serving God in his church. They may simply fear failure so strongly that they focus on trying to avoid failure rather than trying to succeed in serving God in the church. You know, so we're playing off of I don't want to fail as opposed to I'm just going to keep moving forward. And if I miss it, I just learn, right? Remember, God uses the, the small things or the... Uh, foolish things to confound the great, okay, God uses the small things to confound the great and, and the foolish things to confound the wise. So he used small things to confound the great because the great goes, well, I don't understand why that person, you know, because I feel I'm greater, right? And then it, it, it'll be something that just seems illogical. Well, I don't understand based on my intellect and my calculations this person didn't go through my process, so how is they doing it? You know, God does that because God goes, get out of your head, get out of your calculations, get out of your analyzation, get out of your worry, uh, worry for this, worry for that, anxious for this, anxious for that, and just be obedient to what I tell you to do. All right, let's look here at 1 Corinthians 1. 1 Corinthians 1. Again, we're talking about the promotion test, the promotion test. Uh, and the promotion test involves all the tests, even the ones I didn't mention, which we'll get to, the motivation test, obviously checking your motives, uh, the self-will test, God will put you in a situation where you all have to give up something that really is important to you. Remember what Abraham and the son, you know, uh, you know, yeah, sacrifice your son, <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> like, like God will put you in that situation just so he knows no matter what I ask you to do, you'll do it. You'll trust me through the entire process. All right, so 1 Corinthians 1, verse... Uh, 26, we'll just start there. Well, 25. It says, because the foolishness of God is wiser than man and the weakness of God is stronger than men. For you see uh, your calling brethren, again, we're talking about calling and promotion, your calling brethren, how not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. Now, you notice it says not many wise men after the flesh. It didn't say people that are not wise are chosen. But there's a level of, 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 of considered wise, and they're considered wise because of their, uh, the, the, their worldly intellect, right? But then there's God, God wisdom, right? It says for uh, verse 26, for you see your calling, brethren, how not many wise uh, men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, right? And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that are mighty. And the base things of the world, lowly things, right? Uh, and the things which are despised as God chosen, yea, the things which are not to bring to naught the thing the things that are, right? That no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, right? That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. All right, so this promotion test, right? Um... When you, when you think you should navigate to a certain level, right? And when you're really gifted, how it's really tough. And how the fear of failure in, uh, 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 stifles us from elevating into what God tells us to do. But then this last piece, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And this is what the, the challenge is. You know, God delegates leaders, leaders to share something with you, and you're like, well, that doesn't make sense to me. But they wasn't sharing it for it to always make sense to you. They were sharing it because God told them to share it. And so, so I'll tell you what I used to do. So, so and this is, this is reality, but I, I just decided to, to take this stand in my 18 years at the other church. I said, if the man of God says something and I don't understand it, I said, Lord, take me to that understanding. I wouldn't go, what are you talking about? I would just go, obviously, this is the person that God has put me to submit under. So, obviously, he's spending time with God, you know, so let me get to, Lord, take me to that understanding. And the Lord will show me something I never saw before, almost every time, you know, um, and that, that was my foundation of, 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 of growing in God, like, you know, trying to find out what I don't know, not trying to prove what I do, right? Not leaning, not uh, reflexing and leaning to my own understanding. You're never going to pass the promotion test if you do that. <laughs> it's going to be impossible. Because if you lean to your own understanding, then you're saying you promote you. 
your understanding promotes you, your perspective promotes you, your assessment of yourself promotes you, and your approval of yourself promotes you, right? It's a dangerous place. That's, that's dangerous. You show up on somebody else's team going, now I should be starting by now. <laughs> and the coach is like, based on what? <laughs> right? Based on what? So the purpose of this test is to, uh, number one, develop, the, the development of humility, purifying of motives, deepening of one's message, increase in the glory of God, the trying of inner attitudes, submission of one's will to do God's will. So I'm going to repeat. I know they have it on the, on the, the screen, but I'll, I'll repeat this for you guys that are here. So, so a part of the purpose of this test is development of humility. That, that probably is pretty obvious. Purifying of motives. Purifying of motives. So purifying motives, it doesn't mean the, the motives are totally jacked up, but they're being purified more and more and more, right? Deepening of one's message. So just because we have a message doesn't mean it's deep-rooted in God. And so at a certain place, we'll get in the way. We'll come out. So you can start out a message that, that came from God, but then if you're not deeply rooted, you will kick in and taint or twist or, or be off on God's message. But if your roots are deep, it's all God. And so, so, so why do you go through the promotion test? Because what happens is once God gives you a message, human nature, you don't have to be evil. You just have to be human. Human nature is look at what I said. Look at their response to what I said. Look at what I know now. Especially if you spend a lot, if you spend a lot of your life not necessarily being the person that people are going to go to for insight and wisdom, you can start thinking, look at what I know. We don't know nothing. See, in all honesty, a great message comes out of resurrection. That means I buried myself in God. He resurrects me. Out of that resurrection comes that message. But if, it's, if it comes out of you, that's when you find yourself, and anybody that's ever been in ministry finds themselves, you know, like you, let's say you, you, you share something, and, and it could be at the coffee shop, could be at, a, at, at lunch with somebody. Or it could be you had an opportunity to minister, and you, and you get feedback, oh, Jay, man, I, oh, my God, that was one. Man, that was powerful. Okay, right there is where you're being tested. Because in your mind, the next time you come out, the same thing's going to happen. Now, what's the difference between the next time you come out and, and the time that was powerful? See, the difference is the next time you come out, what you got behind you is success, accolades, and things of that nature. The first time you share, you ain't had nothing but resurrection from God. See, so you got, you got to be tempted to decrease. Our, our, we had a basketball program at the last church. It was called Thunder. And so we were playing in a, a league. I'll say the name of the league. This is Woolworth Park League. So we were playing in this league. And so one of the guys on the team, if you're watching, you know what I'm talking about. Man, he had five shots in a row. I, I ain't say threes and I just had five shots. He, he, the, the, he was like a defensive, work, you know, rebound guy, you know, really work hard. But he rarely was knocking down shots. He had five shots in a row right, right before the half. 
So we come out the second half, he's shooting, he's breaking and breaking and breaking. So I called a timeout. I pulled everybody out. I said, listen, man, the shots in the first half ain't going to make the shots for you. I said, What's the, see, what was the difference between the first half and the second half? First half, he was just trying to be the best he could be. Second half, I made five straight shots. So, so, so now there's a, there's a level of confidence. Like, I made these shots. No, them shots don't make the, the, the next shot for you. You know, if I score 40 a game, I got to come to the next game just as if I didn't score 40 because I didn't have the 40-point game before that game. Same thing in ministry. You, 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 you got to keep coming. See, Paul said, I die daily. You got to keep dying daily. You got to not, don't drink, don't drink it. Don't, don't get intoxicated on self, on alkalades and things like that. So again, it develops humility, purifies purifies motives, deepening one's message, make it, right? Increase in the glory of God. So it doesn't mean the glory of God is not on us at all, but when we go through the promotion test, it's going to help us to increase in the glory of God. See, people are drawn to God's glory, not you, right? The trying of inner attitudes. So sometimes we could be gifted, but our attitude is actually smothering the gift or misrepresenting the gift. All right. Some people are prophetic. Some people are, are good teachers, good inspirers, but their attitude, right? Some, and then submission to one's will, one's will to God's will. Submission, one's will to God's will, right? All right. So that's why we go through this. All other tests directly affect the promotion test. Any other test that we talk about directly affect the promotion test. Is one of the most difficult of all tests to pass, especially uh, in large churches um, or any place with many ministry opportunities. When you're in an environment with many ministry opportunities, right, right, it's a hard test to pass because there's a lot of different things that could be done. You see what I'm saying? And then so there's a lot of opportunities for people to go, well, what about me, all right? This test is one of the most frequent causes of frustration in younger gifting growing in ministry. People have younger gifting. It doesn't mean you could be 50 with a younger gifting, right? It's very difficult because once that gift starts to pop out, see, they, that gift starts to impact it's very difficult to go through the promotion test. So I'll give you this example. Uh, so, so I was, uh, so our former pastor used to do a Bible study for uh, nationwide insurance. So it was on, a, it was during the week, uh, once a week, uh, uh, 12 noon, right? You know, you know, you know, you can go into jobs, you know, people don't tell you this stuff. So, uh, so, so, so they shifted, oh, AT&T, it was AT&T, I'm sorry, um, saying all these names, uh, but, uh, but for a particular time, this particular branch shifted over, and I might be having a name wrong, just forgive me, uh, to Lucent Technologies, so they moved uh, to another location. So the person that was over, the Bible said was a member of our church, they invited me out. So I go out, so I went out once a month. So then they asked me to come every other month. 
Then he asked me to come every week. So I'm going every week. And then the way it was timed, it was timed like where I had to, I think I had to leave our staff meeting early. Because we, we had our staff meeting at that time. Speaking of staff meetings, See, I, was just, I was thinking about staff meeting this week for another reason. So, <laughs> and so, the, so, so one day I'm leaving, so, so, so the pastor pulls me to the side. He says, well, you don't work for Lucid. You know, you work for the church. And so, so you know, I, I was driving home that day, I was like, you know, because I'm, you know, I'm figuring I'm following in his footsteps, you know. And then I was like, well, I ain't got no church, so everybody at the Bible study is coming to the church. You know, like I'm, I'm ministering to them to come to our church. And so I was like, is this, is this a test? Like, at, at the stage I was at, I was like, so, so what was this test for? Like, like what am I, what, like, in other words, if, if you told me I can't do it, am I going to leave the church or something? All these things went through my head. I told my wife. I was like, I said, so, like, so I don't get it. Like, I ain't going nowhere just because if, if I ain't doing the Bible study, I ain't doing the Bible study. But I thought it was a benefit to the church. Well, uh, my wife said, she says, well, it could be a test that you are testing. In other words, because I didn't think I needed to be tested like that. So she says, maybe it's a test that you're being tested. I said, shut up. Ain't nobody talking to you. <laughs> but it was, it was good. You know, it was good. It was, because uh, I just thought it was weird. But, hey, again, as much as uh, uh, things were really moving around that time um, in ministry, I still had to uh, be checked, right? Inner attitudes, right? All right, so... So uh, I got this from the Institute of Basic, Basic Youth Conflicts. Actually, I got this from the Making of a Leader. But um, the Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts, keyword basic youth conflicts, has pointed out that one of the measures of true spiritual maturity is the length of time a person can wait between achieving ministry and being recognized for it. I'm going to repeat that. So... The Institute of Basic Youth Conflicts has pointed out that one of the measures of true spiritual maturity is the length of time a person can wait between achieving ministry and being recognized for it. See, so a lot of times you'll grow, you're caught up, and you're achieving ministry, but you're not being recognized for it. But again, you're in a promotion test. That's a measure of maturity because you're operating in ministry. Right? Isn't the goal to serve God in the kingdom? I surrender all, right? So why are you bothered if it's not being recognized? God recognizes it. It doesn't mean it's not going to be recognized, but God creates that waiting period so we can, he can really, again, check our heart. Deepen our inner message. Make sure we're rooted in God. Make sure our, our inner attitudes are right. And make sure when people come to us, we defer them to God, right? See, most people expect to be promoted the very minute they achieve the function of a certain gift or ministry in their life. As soon as they achieve something, you know, they may lay hands on somebody to be healed. 
right? So as soon as they do that, immediately, right? They expect to, to, to uh, be promoted, right? As soon as they do uh, a wonderful thing serving, they expect to be promoted, right? That's not how God works. God's timing and promotion, however, may not always be man's timing. In fact, most of the time, it's not, right? Scripture says this. Let's go to Ecclesiastes. Uh, chapter 3, verse 1. It says, To everything there is a season and a time to every purpose un- under the heaven. Time to be born and time to die. Time to plant and time to pluck up that which is planted. Time to kill and the time to heal. Time to break down and the time to build up. A time to weep and the time to laugh. A time to mourn and the time to dance. Right? There's basically just saying there's a time for everything. Let's go over to Galatians. It's our, one of our air scriptures. It's always good to keep, keep it read. See, that's why it's important to be present because there's, there's, you never know what God's trying to do. It's like we have some, we have some stuff planned for the day. We can't do it because people aren't present. You see what I'm saying? Like, you know, you never know what God's trying to do. What, what do he want to do for you? You know, so, yeah, I understand. Please get the word. You know, if you can't be here, get the word. Watch and get the word. But if, you, if, if God is leading you to be here, you might want to be here. <laughs> you never know what God's doing. You never know what God's doing. Man, I, I'm, I'm going to have to put together a video. I forgot, babe. I had to put together a video. I can show you some stuff that happened at a service. It would have never happened if we weren't there. Like, <laughs> just phenomenal. Um, you get to see Pastor Mel crying like crazy. <laughs> All right, so Gla- Gla- <laughs> people just kept coming up out of the audience giving her money. And she, she, she was holding the money, <laughs> crying, makeup all messed up. Just, We've been crying for a long time at church. <laughs> so Galatians 4, 1 and 2. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differeth nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is, but is under tutors and governors until the appointed time of the father. I was at a service. I'm going to just side note, note here. I was at a service. I was an armor bearer, personal assistant. And uh, so we go in the back and the pastor goes, the Lord told me to get this person something. They ain't here. He said, Keith, he says, see, that's the challenge. You know, people don't really don't know what they're missing. A college student was at a service and got blessed. But if that college student wasn't at that service, they wouldn't got blessed. And then they didn't get the full blessing and then show up for two weeks. I almost missed the window of opportunity because I sure was like, well, <laughs> two weeks don't go on by. I can keep that money. Right? So you never know what God's trying to do. Especially we're talking about promotion. It's the spirit of promotion, so God wants to promote. Right? Ain't that right, babe? <laughs> so you never know. But anyway, 
So promotion does not come from man, but from God. And it comes according to one's unique divine calling and preparation. Promotion comes from God. Let's go to Psalm 75. We already read the scripture in Galatians 4, right? You're on the tutors and governors to the appointed time. Oh, we didn't read it. I went to it. I just turned from it. I'm sorry. Let's read the scripture. I'm sorry. Galatians 4, 1 and 2. I did read it. I just kind of jumped into the other thing, so it probably overrode what I read. But let's read it again. It says, now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child, differs nothing, nothing from a servant, though he be Lord of all, but is under tutors and governors until the time appointed of the father. So the, the appointment, the time appointed is God's. The tutors and governors are preparing you for the appointment. But God, God says, Keith, now. Not Keith says now. God says, you're pastor in my church. You're, you're the under shepherd of my people. Uh, I'm sorry. God says, Keith and Melanie, since we're, we're pastoring together. He'll say, okay, now. So even if he tells me individually, I'll say, oh, sweetheart, this is what God told me. Well, if she hears something, she'll say, babe, this is what God told me. And then we move on it. But it's not, it's not based on how we feel, we like, hey, if we would have made all the moves based on how we feel, this church would be in trouble right now. Because <laughs> we, we like people, you know. There's, there's, there's times we're about to make some moves and, ooh, that would not have been good. Not have been good, right? Psalm 75. Grown to be a lot more patient in our uh, seasonal years. <laughs> a lot more patient. All right, Psalm 75, uh, verse 6 says, For promotion cometh neither from the east nor the west nor the south, but God is the judge. He putteth down one and setteth up another. Who puts them down? God. Who sets them up? God. Promotion comes from God, right? Sure, I'm not doing that wrong. Okay, good. So, so every leader must, and I'll give you a couple things here, know his or her own place in ministry and stay in it. Know your place and stay in it. So when you get time, I'll let you read through, uh, but... Uh, we got time to read through this. All right, go there. Judges 9. Judges 9. Some call this the promotion parable. So, Judges 9, and we'll start here at verse 7. So, the backdrop is, you know, Abimelech um, is taking over the uh, so uh, uh, I believe Gideon had like like 70 sons right and so so but but like you know you got you know full blood half sons you know and so Abimelech said Man, y'all want to be ruled by all these sons or me <laughs> and so you know you know people just panic you know ain't hey, no I, Sure, we'll just let you rule. 
So, so what he did was he gathered all his people and says, okay, we're going to go take out all the other sons. So they, they, they killed all his half-brothers and whatever. They just killed them. Uh, but Jotham ran. He, he slipped out. You know, Jotham was like, <laughs> it was always a remnant, but he, Joseph slipped out. Jotham. And so when he found out that they made Abimelech king, he, you know, that, that holy indignation came and this, 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 this prophetic word came to him. So we'll start at verse 7. It says, and when they told it to Jotham, he went and stood in the top of the mount of Mount Ger- Gerizim and lifted up his voice and cried and said unto them, hearken, listen with the intent to obey, unto me ye men of Shechem, that God may hearken unto you. It says, the trees went forth. Now, keep in mind, all the trees. The trees went forth on a time to anoint a king over them. And they said unto the olive tree, reign over us. But the olive tree said unto them, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they, they honor God and man and go to be promoted over the trees? And the tree said to the fig tree, come thou and reign over us. But the fig tree said unto them, should I forsake my sweetness and my good fruit and go to be, to be promoted over the trees? Then said the trees unto the vine, come thou and reign over us. And the vine said unto them, should I leave my wine which cheereth God and man and go be promoted over the trees? Then said all the trees unto the bramble, come thou and reign over us. And the bramble said, Unto the trees, if in truth ye anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. And if not, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. And now, therefore, if you have done truly and sincerely in that you have made Abimelech king, and ye have dealt well with Jeroboam and his house, and have done unto him according to uh, the deserving of his hands, for my father fought for you and and adventured his life far and delivered you out of the hand of Midian. He's talking about Gideon. Now, the reason why this is called a parable of, of, of promotion, because you have the olive tree who, who, when they were asked to be king over all the trees, so the olive tree is what? A tree also within the body of trees, right? So they was asked an olive tree to, be king, to, 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 to rule over all of them. I was, I was, she was like, no, I'm in my place, and I'm prospering in my place. I'm good, right? Same thing with the fig tree. Like, I'm in my place, and I'm prospering in my place. I'm good. Vine tree, I'm in my place, and I'm prospering in my place. I'm good. The bramble decided to get out of place. See, the bramble wanted to be king over all the trees, but if the bramble is king over all the trees, it's out of God's set order. It wasn't designed to be over all the trees. It was designed to be a bramble and be in its place and to prosper in its place. And so the, the purpose of the parable is saying, you know, don't upset God's set order getting out of place just because something may seem enticing. Prosper in your place, right? Right? Know your place and stay in it. And so I'll give you these examples. Uh, powerful man of God, William Branham. William Branham. You know, involved back there in the Zuzu and all that. So this guy was gifted in prophecy, words of knowledge, revelation, and healing. But 
he was so uh, intrigued of the impact of teachers. So he decided to cross over into a teaching ministry. His ministry falls. He would have just kept flowing and prospering in the gifting that he had. But he decided he wanted to participate in another gifting. And it crumbled his ministry. Right? So, so just, just if, you don't, if you don't know that you know that you know, then continue to grow. If you don't know that you know that you know, continue to grow. Right? But you need to know that you know that you know because you don't want to be outside of God's will. We want to be satisfied with being only that which God intended us to be. Right? Fearfully and wonderfully made. We must realize that we, like Eli, can bring down God's judgment upon our life out of sin. No matter what a person's religious or spiritual position in the church, they still must obey all of God's moral ethical laws. Stay in God's set order. Stay in God's order. We fail in ministry if we don't also have a divine call upon our lives. So a lot of times people are uh, good speakers, good orators, or very, uh, or, or how can I say, great memories or charismatic, but unless God calls you, you shouldn't be out there, what? except he sent. We read that uh, uh, um, in Romans 10, 14, you know, how can they preach except they be sent? So make sure you have a divine call. If you don't know that you know that you, if you don't know that you know that you know, then continue to grow, right? We must have a divine call, a divine charismatic ability to preach and teach, a servant's heart, a solid character before we can succeed in ministry. So we must have a divine call. A divine charismatic Ability to preach and teach, people got to want to listen to you, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody can't be falling asleep if you think I'm annoying it. It, it doesn't work that way, right? <laughs> uh, a servant's heart, solid character. I mean, we went over the character test before we can succeed in ministry. Now, this is big. This is very big. One must also live in availability, not selective service, availability. So, so, so again, living in availability is different than selective service. Selective service is there are pockets when I'm available. And the thing about that, so again, now we're talking about really filling a call of ministry. We're not talking about, you know, just you know, the process of just, you know, growing in service and stuff like that. So you can grow in service and you can have limited availability. But for God to promote you in some things, you have to live in availability. See, because the Holy Spirit likes to move at different times. So you have to live in availability so then you can pick up on the Holy Spirit is moving. But if you're, if you don't flow like that, you won't be able to pick up when the Holy Spirit is moving. And you can move and the Holy Spirit didn't tell you to, right? You cannot move in the Holy Spirit, it needs you to, right? So you want to live in availability and you'll always pick up when the Holy Spirit is moving. You very rarely get offended if you're living in availability. You know, you, you, you will be getting offended if you 
or visit availability. And, 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 it's, it's, and again, you have people that are growing. So we have people here that are growing that go through roller coaster rides, highs and lows. You know, you have people that don't go through roller coaster rides. You know, they, they're, put it this way, you know where they're at. You know where they're going to be. If they're not there, you're surprised. But there's people you don't know where they're at, you don't know where they're going to be. And if they're not there, you're probably not surprised. <laughs> right? And again, that's not a, that's not a put down. That might, be this, that might be a stage where a person is at. But for, for, to pass the promotion test, you live in availability. Right? You live in availability. That's why you, don't want, to, you, you want to train yourself to live in service, not to visit service. Right? You want to train yourself. You don't want to train yourself to have a bunch of people around you serving you. You want to train yourself to serve a bunch of people around you. Right? It's just a whole nother flow. It's a, it's, it's a whole nother default. Right? Because then you may not be available. So, listen, you may have somebody serving, serving and you're supposed to be doing it. Because God wants you in the environment because he wants to move. So I'll give you another example. I'm at, I'm at the church. I'm serving as an armor bearer. And so it was a little different than how, 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 uh, how, they, how they serve. I probably get on their nerves half the time because I don't always need help. Jason showed up. I was like, I'm good. Um, but the way I served, I had to be there, had to get there early, and I had to be there until the, and the pastor used to counsel doing services. So I had to stay there until he was done, two, three in the morning, whenever. I, I, was, I was in the back. And, and when we had one car, it was a, for, which was for a long time, Pastor Mel would be there. She'd be sitting in the sanctuary. She wasn't even an armor bearer. She was there with me. She wouldn't be complaining. She wouldn't be tripping. And matter of fact, we'd turn off all the lights, so she would sit there, and I'd leave the door open to the back hallway so she could see. And she would just, sit, she would just be sitting there waiting for me to get done. But it wasn't no, babe, you ain't, what time are you leaving? I ain't get no questions. I ain't get nothing. She just was rolling. She was just rolling with me. You know, I, I, I was coming to read, to read, stay praying. Right, right. So, so, but, but, so, so I'm in the back one day. Matter of fact, this is the same service. This is the same service that she was crying. So I'm in the back and, uh, and I could feel, I might have told the story before, but I could feel like the building shaking. Like I, you know, like. And the pastor was late. So I'm being transparent with y'all. So he was late. And I was like, man, was he? <laughs> hurry up. Because I wanted to get out to the service. I love being in service, right? And so he's running late. He's running late. And, and so what I, what I mean is not the service has been going on for long, for a good while. And, you know, it's, they, you, you just feel the anointing. And so I'm, I'm back there. And somebody comes, we had, we had a basement, and just where you go around and came up from the other side. So I was like, it's, it's, like what are you doing back here? Can I help you? And uh, he said, man, I was looking for you. God told me to give you this money. So, so I showed him the church with $50, so he gave me $25. So now I have 75 And so I was like, well, now if I'm not, on, I'm not serving, I don't get the $25. All right, so I go out in the service, and... Man, the building felt like it was moving. It was just so annoying. And the Holy Spirit said, take all the money out of your pocket 
and give it to your wife. So she's up in the, we had a choir loft, so the little banisters that we took down. <laughs> so she's up in the choir loft, so I go up there and I just emptied my pockets and gave it to her. Uh, and then, so I go back to my seat, and all of a sudden, people just kept just in droves. They just start, I, I don't know, could have been an hour and a half. They just kept giving her money. And some people on their way back, they was giving me money. So I came to church with $50, gave, got $25, gave away $75. I think I left with $300. Now, she left with much more than that. Um, but all I was doing was serving. Like, I didn't go on going to church. I couldn't have planned that, is what I'm saying. Like, I couldn't have planned that. I know I use some monetary examples. It's not just always monetary examples. There's things that's been spoken over my life because I was at service. That's happened. You know, so, so it's just, you know, something happens when you're uh, in position. You never know what God's trying to do. And I used to be sitting up front going, when I first started to come to church, I, the guy, uh, one of the guys I was close with, he was another armor bearer. Uh, I used to, I only had one Sunday a month off, and then sometimes I would skip during the week because I was, I was just new to stuff. So I'm in service. I never missed if there was a major event. I was always there. Even when I was young, I was like, if there's a gift coming in town, I'm going to be there. You never know what that guy's, what guy's putting on their life. And so I'm in service one day. Oh, man, the anointing was thick. The power was moving. You, I saw the presence of God. You know, like a couple times people saw angels. I saw everything that day. Like this anointing was so strong. And I said, and the guy that was telling me I should be in church wasn't there. And I said, man, uh, the tape ain't going to do him justice. Soon as I said that, I realized what he was trying to tell me the whole time. Because, you know, I know I said tapes. You know, they don't do tapes no more. (laughs) You know, but I was like, I said, you can't duplicate this on no tape. And so you never know what type of impartation God is trying to give you. You know, I mean, there's been impartations on the, on, I don't know, what do we call it? We call that the the front porch? Is Is that what's outside? Is that the front porch? There's been impartations on the front porch. You can't get that on video, all right? <laughs> all right? All right, so anyway. Uh, God is something else. All right, so the Bible says the just shall live by, by faith. So I know I was talking about one must also live in availability, not just selective service. Those who choose ministry purely for logical or altruistic which is humane reasons, might as well resign today because there's more to ministry than just uh, selective service or, you know, I want to do good deed for the poor. Some people just look for people less than them. I'm not saying everybody that does for the poor things like that, but some people look for people less than them because they feel better about themselves. But it's more to it than that, more to it than that, especially when you're going through the promotion test. We're talking about the promotion test, so stay with me. You know, if we only want to help people do the world some good, please our parents, feed our need for significance, or take new psychologies to the world, we won't help the kingdom. Because the kingdom is bigger than all that. It's much, much bigger than all that. Because you don't have to come to the kingdom to do none of those things. Right? Just to shine is not the right motive either. If you just want to shine, 
That's not the right motive either, right? See, God promise, promises to bless those who keep his commandments in contrast to the righteous. The wicked do not obey God's commandments. See, he blesses those. See, so for God is easy. The people that keep my commandments are blessed. I don't have to worry about blessing the wicked. The wicked don't keep God's commandments. That's why they call them wicked, twisted, right? Uh, uh, Deuteronomy 28, you you know, you know, it's it's 14 verses to say how much he'll bless you. I think it's how many? It's like another 40-something that says what's going to happen if you got the curse on you, (laughs) Right? Right, but God says he, he, he blesses those, keep his commandments. Even when uh, Solomon, he was blessing them. He said, Man, I bless you with wisdom nobody ever had. You know, I'm going to bless you with the money nobody ever had. Just because you was thinking about my people. Oh, and if you keep my commandments, I'll bless you with long life. That's the only thing he added the condition to. Keeping those commandments. Stay in line with those commandments, right? His commandments aren't grievous, right? So, so again... To pass this promotion test, we have to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, his character, and all good things, ministry included, will be added unto us, right? Kingdom work first. That's the thing. Kingdom work first. You never lose, Matthew 6.33. You never lose. So to pass this test, we got to be thinking kingdom work first, not self first. Not our position first. Not how good we're going to look first. Hey, not this good deed that's going to make us look good or feel better or, you know, uh, penance. That's why God, God says, you know, sometimes he has to gauge where our heart is because sometimes people will approve themselves with penance. You know, uh, it's about to come up now. The penance time of the year is coming up. It's going to start with Thanksgiving. It's going to run right into Christmas. Well, a lot of people are operating penance. You know, they don't think about nobody. But listen, there's people that don't, don't, will never serve God, but they do good things around those times, good deeds. Do good deeds. That's not what the point I'm making. To pass the promotion test is bigger than penance, right? You know, uh, because you can, uh, penance is, I'm doing what it takes to, to, to approve myself. So I'm going to feel better. How many people do penance and they feel better? Feel better doing, not doing his commandments. Feel better not being obedient to what God purposed you to do. So people keep doing stuff to rest in where they are, where God says, I don't need you to do the good deeds so you're comfortable at where you are. I need you to embrace my preparation so you can get where I want you to go, okay? You're going to have a whole lot more impact. Remember, Moses was doing a good deed, right, when he helped that one person? God was like, okay, could we, could we get back to my plan because I'm, I'm about to get them, get them all. We're going to be here like, he, they, Moses will still be trying to kill them people <laughs> at the rate he was going, right? Right, so, so, so just something to think about. All leaders should keep in mind that this, keep in mind this excellent definition of contentment. Not seeking a ministry or position, but the fruit of a disciplined life. I repeat, all leaders should keep in mind this excellent definition of contentment. 
not seeking a ministry or position, but the fruit of a disciplined life. A disciplined life will elevate us through all, all the tests of promotion a whole lot faster than, than trying to jockey or seeking for a position or ministry or significance because position and ministry, it could be a position of significance. So I'm going to do this so I'm considered a value. You know, I know somebody that only ministered to people that liked them. Nobody else paid any mind. I'm like that. I just be paying attention. But if, if the person endorsed them, they would minister to them. If they were challenging, they wouldn't. Only the people that pumped them up. That's how they were. Um, she did it. He did it. There's all t- different type of people do it that way. So, so again, it, it tests where you are. But a fruit of a disciplined life is not paying attention to, to, to who gives you props or not. This is how I live, right? We're going to hit discipline. I think that's the next thing we're talking about on Wednesdays. A true leader uh, need never fear that God has forgotten them. A true leader need never to fear that God has forgotten them. We can be assured that as we give ourselves to character development, God will expand our ministry. We can be assured so our confidence is, is if we give ourselves to character development, God will expand our ministry. We're going to be stressed if we don't give ourselves to character development because we're not confident that we're going to go any place. And even if we do get something, we're going to be trying not to lose it. See, see a solid character rest in every stage that they're at. Weak character gets more and more stressed and under pressure at every stage that they're at because they're worried about losing something, thing that I great, they greatly fear instead of greatly faith, right? Joel 3.25, right? And, and just keep, keeping this, God, God's not asking for something that's not possible. Every leader can develop a servant's heart a righteous life and a broken and contrite or a broken spirit before the Lord. So every leader can develop a servant's heart, a righteous life, and a broken spirit before the Lord. And then trust the Lord will fulfill the ministry to which he has called them. So whatever he called us to do, we can trust the God to fulfill it because we're putting all our energy in what? Developing the servant's heart, a righteous life, and a broken spirit before the Lord. If, if, if that's where all our energy is, we can trust the Lord will fulfill whatever he's called us to do in our lives. And then I'm, I'm going to give you this. Uh, I know they have it on the screen, but just uh, I'll close with this. Just today's Christian leader, just a little outline of some of the things that, uh, uh, just to have you think it. One, do I sense a real divine call and destiny upon my life? Do I sense a real, keyword is real, divine call and destiny upon my life? Number two, 
Do I realize that my divine calling may have much to do with the way my parents or others prayed for me before I was born or when I was a young child? Do I realize that my divine calling may have much to do with the way my parents or others prayed for me before I was born or when I was a young child? Number three, am I willing to believe that God has so ordained my life that he can and will, if I ask him, use all of the things in my younger years for his glory in ministry. See, because so, what you'll recognize is, you, you know how you, you start out, I think I want to do this, I think I want to do that, I think I want to do this, I think I want to do that, I think I want to do this. And then you, you run into the, the kingdom of God, the things of God, and then it seems like, Everything's shut down, but all it is is you're building character and you're growing in things. And then when God gets you ready, it's amazing how he pulls from everything in your life. We were talking about it today. Somebody uh, came to the house and they wanted to buy some, some artwork I created. Because I, I created stuff, you know, just different, different framework in the house. And so, and we may have told the story before, but we didn't really, somebody else was going through stuff, so we told the guy, whatever you was going to pay for, give to that particular person, right? So they come back because we had to replace some furniture. And I met the guy, I didn't meet him the first time because I wasn't at the house. And he said, listen, man, when everything settles, he said, I want to sit down with you and I, I, I want to, can I say this? Yeah. And I, I want to put some of your, your stuff in my store, right? So, so we were talking later, and I said, it's amazing. When I, was, when I went to high school, I took creative writing. I, I, math I just loved. But my focus was I took creative writing and, and art. And then when I went to college, I said, well, I'm going to go to school for psychology, believe it or not. And then I'm a, I'm a minor in art because I wanted to be a commercial artist. But then when I found out what a commercial artist did, I was like, I don't think I, I just like doing stuff. I don't, I don't want nobody to be telling me what to do. But I'm a, I'm a kid. I'm young. But what the guy was talking about is pretty much the same thing. And I do art all the time. I do it for the church. Like, I still do art. Like, I still write. You know, um, I know I got to finish the books. The Lord's been really talking to me about that, and I will. <laughs> but I still do this stuff, like the, pretty much all the stuff I do that I've done coming up, even basketball. I still minister to people. You know, we, we had a good time out there Saturday or the basketball program I was a part of. So God, God utilizes all the aspects of your life. He just needs you rest in him. He ain't going to waste no, no, no parts of you, right? He's going to use your comedy. He's going to use your gifting. Right? I was thinking about Trina when I said that. We was talking about you today. Yeah, we was talking about the uniqueness of Trina's comedy. (laughs) So, but he uses that. Y'all need to go back and look at some old video. Yeah, because y'all think y'all know Trina. Go back and look at some old video. 
Yeah, so the New Year's video, right? And some of the plays. But anyway, uh, so, so, so keep that in mind. God can use all that for ministry. Actually, somebody, we believe in they'll be here, but a person can sing and does comedy. Um, but it just, I, I want to say, I'm, I'm going to say it this way, like they just stumbled on it, involving themselves in ministry. And now they actually are, people actually bring them to do it. I don't want to be too specific for a particular reason, but so God will use all of you, every aspect of you, right? Uh, am I striving? Okay. Read that, young years. Four, am I striving to make a better position for myself or do I submit as unto the Lord when those over me in the Lord make a decision with which I disagree? I repeat it. Am I striving to make a better position for myself or do I submit as unto the Lord? Key thing is as all things you do as you do as unto the Lord. When those over me in the Lord Two things. You're doing it as unto the Lord, but the people over you have to be in the Lord. Right? Make a decision which I disagree. Then number five. Am I so rested and content in my present ministry, whatever I'm doing now, that God could call me as out of a sleep to do the next thing he wants me to do? Remember, all living in availability. So, see, again, you never know what God wants to do in your life. So, when I came to the kingdom, I said, whatever God wants me to do, I'm going to do. It doesn't make a difference if I got skill to do it. I just learned. And so, now we're pastoring the church, and I can, I can not just cast vision, but I can consult in areas. Because I've experienced the areas. I just didn't teach and preach. I can talk about children's ministry because I had to work with the kids. I could talk about youth ministry because I had to work with the youth. I could talk about being an armor bearer. Believe it or not, I was over the choir at one time. All the the singles ministries, all, all these ministries. So hospital visits, home visits, funerals, weddings, right? Well, whatever you ask me to do, I do it. Maintenance. I had to do maintenance every Thursday. Well, I had to do maintenance besides every Thursday, but every Thursday was the humbling the ministers Thursday. You know, out there in the hot sun with, with, the, with those uh, things you pick up the trash with. Oh, but it was 25 acres. So you had to start at one end, you had to go around the other end, right? And I was, the other minister was supposed to meet me, but he didn't come outside. And he didn't come outside. I didn't stop at the halfway point. I just kept on going. Kept on going, went down into the sewer, got, just made sure the trash was, trash was up. People would drive by because I used to be their supervisor and manager at the other job. They would drive by. Well, you out here picking up trash? I never told them what I did. I never told them my position. I was like, yeah, that's what, I, that's what I'm doing. I ain't say, no, just Thursdays, man, just Thursdays. Think what you want to think. I don't care. I'm just be out here. You ask me to pick up the trash, I'm going to pick up the trash. You ask me to wash your car, I'm going to take your car and wash your car. All right? Not, no, 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 no. See, and if nobody showed up, well, 
when I was at Burger King, nobody showed up. I just did five people's jobs. When I was on work study in college and nobody showed up, I just did five people's jobs. So for the kingdom, say, I ain't doing this. Other people need to show up. Well, that's fine. I'll just get their blessing too. You see what I'm saying? It's, 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 it's a mentality. And, and learning how to work with teams. Man, people lose their mind during conferences and stuff like that. Like, l- listen, I, under pressure reveals character. Under pressure, there's a whole lot of people show up, you got all these things to do. Man, impatient and all types of stuff. And then I was the point person, and no matter what, just figure out a way to make them all work together. Not going, I will never be a point person again. These fools crazy. No, I never do it. I never went like that. I'm ready to do it. Like, I, 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 it's a part of serving. We're going to have to figure out a way to get it done. But we're not going to be spending our whole time complaining about who did what. We're just going to figure out a way to get it done. Learning how to work with teams. You know, that's how some people go, no, nah, I, I, I just work better alone. You know, because, no, you got to figure out how to, how to lead, how to work with teams, right? All right, <laughs> five. Oh, no, six, I'm sorry. Am I willing to do menial service in the house of the Lord, though I feel a higher calling upon my life? Now, once again, this is not selective service. I know a lot of people that do menial stuff selectively. This is, are you living in availability? So that's not selection. Somebody's selecting you, <laughs> Right? Now, again, everybody doesn't have to do menial st- service. We're talking about people trying to pass the promotion test, right? Remember, all this is in the, in the vacuum of what? The promotion test, right? Yeah. So some people don't want to be promoted. And then number seven. It's, I wasn't being sarcastic. Yeah, I know some people don't want to be promoted, right? But that doesn't mean God doesn't want them promoted. Right? So I was not being, I wasn't being facetious or it says, do I tell everyone how great is God's calling on my life or do I wait for the Lord to bring it to pass in his timing and his way? That's why I said you want to watch my ministry and stuff. Like, I'm just saying watch it because, again, ministries that last are ministries that's been resurrected. Ministries that are temporal are people that resurrect themselves. Right? And again, it's all not, it's not trusting Pastor Keith, Pastor Mel, Minister Lamar, any other leader, Ty. It's not trusting, it's, it's yeah, Trina, it's not trusting Tina. I'm going to go to 17 Bible studies in a row. Tina going to put, put a word in for me. It's not trusting none of these people. It's trusting God. Right? And if you trust God, whoo, he comes through every time. All right, so. So that's, that's, that's enough for the promotion test. I skipped about four tests. I'm sorry. I probably skipped about seven tests, but next time we'll, we'll, we'll go back through this again and we'll, we'll start with the self-will test, the motivation test, the usage test, because I know, we didn't, I know at least those three is on my, my head that we didn't get to. We'll get to those. All right.